Hello, everybody, and welcome to Three Point Perspective, the podcast about illustration, how to do it, how to make a living at it, and how to make an impact in the world with your art. I'm Jake Parker. I'm Lee White. And I'm Will Terry. And all three of us are professional illustrators, and we've all been working for about the last 25 years. We work with just about every major publisher in the business, and together we've published somewhere around 100 books, and we've all taught illustration at universities. We come at you guys with a different topic, and sometimes we're going to fight, sometimes we're going to agree, and every time you are going to learn something magical and unicorn-like. <laughs> right on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Uh, here we are meeting together to talk today about our foundations course, and this is Lee's episode, uh, and this is something that, w- that we've been working on for I don't know, like a year now, trying to get this organized and put together and get these classes uh, put in just the right order. And we're going to get into that. But um, I'm just going to ha- turn this time over to Lee and, and say, take it away and and yeah. uh, to go for it. Let's go ahead and dive in. Um, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Um, we In this episode, we are definitely going to be breaking down foundations. Like Jake said, we just built a new foundation curriculum at SVS. And so it's just got us thinking about what makes a good foundation. And in this episode, we're going to talk a lot about where foundations come from, uh, how the current model is built using colleges. We're going to talk about a lot of things to watch out for and to maybe even be able to measure your own if you're in a foundation program, measure how effective it is. Or more importantly, if you're thinking about going to a school, uh, you're always going to start with the foundation program, and it's going to give you some criteria to look for and 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 to and maybe guide you. So this episode could actually save you thousands and thousands of dollars, or it could change the direction and the path that you choose to go on because it might change. You might change schools based on this. You might change approaches based on this. So there might be a lot of a lot of shifting. So we're going to dive deep, and we're going to look at it in a very very uh, critical way. And so I just want to prepare everybody for that because we are, there's some harsh truths that we're going to talk about and we're not, we're not going to pull punches here uh, on some things that we think could be improved and everything could be improved. And, and, you know, we don't have the perfect solution. I don't think anybody does, but uh, I think it's important to look at things critically and then try to figure out a, a solution for them. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, one, what, what kind of classes are foundation classes for those who have never been to an art school or what are we actually talking about? These would be like the first, depending on the program, first year to two years where you're learning to draw, you're learning to design, you're learning to think like an artist. And, um, you know, some of the programs are great and some of them aren't. And we're going to try to figure out, you know, how do you judge which one's good or not? And, and, and what do you look for? You know, and then we're going to be also coming at this. I want to add this little asterisk as illustrators. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, we don't have a general education that we're trying to get and then become illustrators. I think there's some you know, our craft is so hard to learn that uh, I think we need to, it needs to be specialized from the beginning. And so we're talking about it as an illustrator. And, you know, in other words, an illustrator is going to maybe need a different foundation than somebody who's going to be a fine art sculptor or a photographer or something like that. Right. Right. There's something Will was saying before we hit record that, that I wanted to bring up too. Remember you were talking about the different kinds of teachers there are. Do you want to? Yeah. Yeah, I, I want everyone to know that we are going to be very critical of, of foundations programs in general, but specifically, you know, the teachers come in all different flavors uh, that, that we've experienced, that, we, that some of our students have experienced, that we've known personally. There are, in, in, in college art programs or art schools, there are poor teachers, 
there are fair teachers, there's good teachers, and there are great teachers. And as we are critical of these foundations programs, uh, one, we're mostly talking about the poor or fair teachers or the teachers that are teaching something that, that where they're great at what they do, but they've been asked to teach something that they're not good at. That happens a lot as well. Mm-hmm. We're more being critical of the system and not the teachers. Um, and we want to really reiterate that, that, um, that, that there are some, that there are some problems in some of the, uh, the way that the, that the, that, um, art schools are structured. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. really the, the, these problems affect the education the students are getting, but also, uh, I don't think play fair to the educators that they're hiring as well. So Right. Sometimes, sometimes the teachers, yeah, they don't have any choice. They get thrown in sort of the lion's den and they're actually a great teacher. They just Mm -hmm. ended up in a class they had no time to prep for or something like that. So yeah, that's kind of a focus on the system versus the teacher. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm glad we're talking about it because I do, like you were saying, Lee, like this, this episode could mean the difference of you spending a hundred thousand dollars at a school that you're not ready for or that isn't ready for you versus, you know, $10,000 on sort of handpicking and putting together your own education uh, through online classes, through one-on-one sort of mentoring and tutorials and things like that. So, all right, should we, should we dive in? Let's go ahead and dive in. All right. This one's mine. So, uh, uh, as Jake was just mentioning, he just did a prop class, and I just did a light and shadow class, and I think Will Will did a what's your class, Will? How to how to do something? What's your, <laughs> what's your class? <laughs> what's your class? Well, the last one that I did was uh, painting color and light. I know, but what's that's that class? Right. What's that class that's in the foundation? Oh, the visualizing drawing perspective. Yeah, yeah. So all of us have different classes that are in this. We just basically, uh, all three of us have been working on building this foundation program for our school. And and I just got to thinking about it that, you know, it's called a foundation. And every school has a foundation. And nobody really talks about the foundation. It's funny. It's just kind of a word like, oh, I just go, that's your foundation classes but nobody really ever dives into it. And since we just had to sort of revamp ours and build it, I thought it'd be fun to dive into what, what does that mean? What is the foundation? A lot of people, uh, a lot of our students have gone to formal four-year colleges. Some people are piecing together different things. Some people aren't going to college at all. And so mm-hmm. I think it would be, I think it would be interesting to just dive in and see what, what, do, what does foundation look like nowadays versus in the past. And so to start off, there's kind of three models of of what I think most people go through in terms of a foundation, and I'll go through that, and then I'll ask you guys some questions. So step one is the student with absolutely zero foundation at all. They're just diving in and trying to do illustration, and that is really, really, it can be really good or it can be mm-hmm. really hard, um, but, uh, you know, that is one a model student where they literally just started drawing and then they never did a foundation. Uh, method two or, or, or scenario two is a little bit more common, I think, across the United States, at least. And that is a, a moderate foundation, which is uh, built up of a couple of figure drawing classes and some pseudo foundation classes. They call it foundation, maybe 2D design, all these weird named classes. But you kind of get this smattering of you know six to eight classes or something and then you're off to your major to painting or illustration or whatever 
that's going to be. Uh -huh. And then the last model is the dedicated art school that is a robust foundation with a ton of classes, but that also comes with some problems as well, which we'll talk about. Um, so out of those three, uh, what, what did you guys, what did your foundation look like? Was it one of those three or is it another model that I haven't really mentioned? It's here, Will. Will. <laughs> Mine where'd was... You, where'd you go to school, Will? I went to BYU. Okay. Yeah. And it was, our foundation program was, was really built on, you know, and this is also a kind of a criticism is for a lot of art schools and Hey, wait, University can I, can I stop you just for one second? Every time yeah. you say BYU, I only think PYT by Michael Jackson. Oh. I want PYT. to love you, PYT, pretty young thing. <laughs> a loving girl, TLC, tend to loving girl. Please don't every ever say it again. <laughs> every time you say BYU, I, I don't know why. Every time you say BYU, that's the first thing. And I have to like knock it out of my head. <laughs> that's wow. hilarious. Okay, so go ahead, BYU. Now we know. Now we know BYU, what's going on in Lee's brain. PYT. PYT. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. So, yeah, so, um, but... The, the foundations that I've, let me just, let me just break into this kind of line of thinking here, which is the, the problem. Can, is it all right if I go into the, what I see as a problem? No, 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 no. We're, we'll dive into that in the next section. Okay. I, I just want to hear sure. what, what you, what your experience was first. Um, it was, it was uh, not great in the, in the foundations. Yeah. No, I don't want to hear that. That's a description. <laughs> what, what kind of foundation did you have? Which one of those was it? Was it a bunch of classes? Was it a few? It was, was a bunch it... of classes. Yeah. yeah How many was, do you think? It was basically two, it was basically two years of, of probably, if I had to guess, maybe like 12 classes, something like that. And then you had to declare your major after that? Or had you already declared your major? Already declared. Yeah. But they weren't specific. And that's one of the problems that I wanted to get into. They weren't specific to my major. So. So you kind of did, and, and, and what was your experience there? Did you, do you feel like your foundation that you got better or that you got what you needed out of it? Or did I mean, it... I, I think that um, anytime you spend drawing or painting is going to add to your basket of skills, but you can waste a lot of time. I, I, it can be really good instruction and you can accelerate. You can add a lot to your basket of skills or a little. I felt like mine added a little. So, yeah, so right. we'll so dive I into some of those problems. I, I probably would have added the same if I had just uh, been self-studying almost. You Interesting. Know? Yeah. What'd yours look like, Jake? So I went to a community college, Mesa Community College, and I took uh, a life drawing class. I took a color theory class and a watercolor class and uh, I, a handful of other and you know maybe it's a couple of semesters of of life drawing and and um and so that was like my like official like structured schooling that I had I ended up uh leaving school and taking a job in animation and from there on out so much of what I learned was just like other professionals telling me here's mm -hmm. how you should do something here's what you need to work on so that and initial so, that initial grouping was that uh, picked by you, or was that like you get you basically get that sheet with your curriculum on there, and you're looking at it, going, okay, figure drawing one, figure drawing two. Yeah, I uh, so I knew so my, my original plan was go to MCC, get an associate's degree, get a 
a good enough portfolio together um, to get uh, to get into Art Center. Uh, but then I got this job at the animation studio and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll hold off on art center while I work this job. Cause I'm learning a lot here and this is really cool. Um, and so I just took whatever classes they told me to take to get an associates in art or whatever the associates would be in. And do, do you pick a major for an associates? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember I either. <laughs> so, um, so that's, so that's what it was. And I knew, I had a rough idea of what I wanted to do career-wise. Like animation seemed cool. And I knew in animation you had to understand the figure and you had to get good at line and shape and things like that. And so I was doing a lot of things to um, to help me become a better animator. This is all traditional hand-drawn animation. But uh, most of my learning has been, I don't want to say self-taught, but like, because um, I learned... I learned from so many other people. It wasn't maybe self self directed. Self directed, yeah. Self directed is, is a good way to put it. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I, looking back, it probably took me ten years to learn what I what I learned. Uh, it took me ten years what I probably could have learned in five or three or two. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, the long the long way, the scenic route. Right. And and because of that too, there's I've never touched oils. I've never, never even tried oil painting. I've done acrylic painting like once or twice. Um, mostly the kind of painting I've done has been watercolor. Um, so, I'll, like I'm very much am a digital artist. And then any sort of traditionalized stuff I do, it's like stuff that can then be scanned and done, you know, colored digitally. So mm-hmm. that's like my deficiencies in you know, from a traditional school would be, uh, would be a lot different than, than what they are now. I'd probably not have a better understanding of color theory. I'd probably have a better understanding of, um, maybe composition or at least an earlier understanding of, of composition stuff. But, um, yeah, so that, that was my foundational upbringing. Interesting. Well, was your, was your, when you were taking your foundation classes, was it mainly back? That was back before they had computers, right? Thank you. <laughs> no but for real it sounded like an insult but like for real like the, I, mean, I think space invaders had just come out and will is sitting there with his oil he was he signed up for intro to stone tablet carving <laughs> this, is, this is why i participate in the podcast <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, you're, you're so, yeah, when you were in foundation, it was mainly traditional. Yes or no? Yes. In fact, I can tell you that um, they, we, had a, we had a typography teacher who made a bold statement and said the computer will never, ever replace the linotype for specking type. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and two years that's later, so he good. was no longer teaching there. <laughs> I don't even know what a linotype is. <laughs> That was Steve Jobs who said that. And he changed that, Oh, that's that massive machine that yes. you would actually like, oh my gosh, those things look like something out of a, of a Victorian sci-fi novel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to mention that part. That goes along with some of my problems of, of foundation, but let me, I'll just go over my foundation real quick. Um, I started school at a, a school in Laguna Beach. 
before I went to Art Center, I, I studied there for, I think, three semesters, um, just so I could get the Cal Grant, which is that uh, a different topic. Anyway, the, that school was very realism heavy. And so we go into the, the basic foundation and they hand you the piece of paper and you just start taking these classes. And I thought, it, you know, looking back on it, it's really weird that everybody's got these different goals and these different paths that they want to take in, in art. And then, and then we just all sit down and do this, the same thing. And so it was all traditional media and it was all realism. Mm. And it was, it was weird because at that point, I remember sitting there uh, in class, I think it was like the second semester or so. And I'm looking at the stuff that's on the wall for the foundation because, you know, they had different parts in the, in the hallways and stuff where people, where the classes would put up their work. And all the foundation stuff is like this high level realism stuff. And then I would see the senior show also very high level realism work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I just saw the writing on the wall. I was like, I got to get out of here because mm -hmm. that is not what I want to do ultimately. And, uh, and so I bailed, but I mean, there was a very, very direct correlation between what the foundation was at the school and what the finished result was at this school. And so the bells start going off. Uh, even, even at that time, I'm just like, okay, does your foundation equal what you end up doing? And that could derail a lot of people or maybe not derail is the wrong word. Uh, it could change the path of somebody if you get in the wrong foundation program. That's what, at least that's kind of where I left that. And, and anyway, then I go to art center and that one was the, definitely the definition of a robust foundation with a ton of classes um, definitely came with its problems um, because they just, it was like boot camp and you're doing mm -hmm. everything at full intensity. So you never get to question why you're doing something or what you're doing. And so overall it wasn't a, a horrible foundation, but um, it's effectiveness. I questioned sort of like, sort of like you guys is like, I think I could have, tapered it down and probably gotten to where I need a lot quicker than eight semesters. Cause then at the end of, at the end of uh, um, whatever that foundation period is, they're like, okay, pick your work now. And, and they expect you to sort of have immediately have a style. Everybody's right. been, been through the same boot camp, And so that's why a lot of the work ended up in my opinion, ends up looking like the teachers. And so each mm -hmm. teacher had its like little ducklings that would follow and, Oh, that person's taking classes from that teacher. And you could tell, and you know, there was like four or five different little, breakaways and all the students kind of followed suit it was it was interesting to see that because nobody knew what to do they'd all been you know head down drawing a bunch of bunch of figure drawing classes um i don't know it was it was weird so there was a lot of classes but but it seemed like i was spinning my wheels quite a bit um so i want to transition from that into some of the problems with the foundation systems and i'll open it up to you guys too but uh, i got a i got a list here and we can talk about them as we go through my first problem was the classes don't have any relationship to each other and what that means is one teacher is teaching one thing the other teacher is teaching another thing and they're not necessarily talking to each other and the outcome has out of the whole foundation program hasn't been established. So it seems like a smattering of classes. Oh, they need this, they need this, but the outcome hasn't been talked about. Like mm -hmm. where should people be? What do you, what do you guys mm -hmm. think about that? Yeah, I think like uh, it's, it seems like it's uh, uh, a problem in no a solution in search of a problem type of thing. Like we've got, we know, Life drawing is something important. We know that uh, light and shadow or, or color or all these things are kind of important things, uh, and they should know this stuff. But uh, the, like 
I noticed like in my foundational upbringing, it wasn't until I went into the professional sphere where I saw actual application of here's why you need to understand a human anatomy. Because when you're drawing this character from your imagination in this pose, um, the arm is going to look like this. It's going to be straight on this side. It's going to be curved on that side. And, and when you're taking life drawing class, you're just drawing bodies. And, and even if it's like, uh, uh, if it's longer than a, you know, if it's a two hour pose, if it's longer than a 30 minute pose, it's less about life drawing and more about light and shadow and form. Right. Right. And so, and so I feel like there's a lot of these classes where, yes, you learn certain things, but you, there's no like A plus B equals C. You just are left with A's and B's, you know. <laughs> right. In isol- almost information in isolation. Right. Right. Um, I mean, figure drawing, like we should bring up the figure drawing because we, we've all three talked about that before. Um, that it's just, it's such a, a, a le- leftover sort of relic in my opinion not that life drawing is not important but what you're supposed to get out of it has doesn't really get talked about it's almost like they're like okay you're in art school now you got to draw this person in front of you and they need to be naked and you need to draw what you see um well what were you talking about yesterday with the with the light falling on the model you were, you were mentioning something about when you're in a life drawing class how it doesn't relate to yeah so basically the um the problem that I see with, with figure drawing is that they set up the model, they set up the lights, um, and um, you're encouraged to, you know, look at proportion, which is great. And, and, and every art student needs to be, you know, have that awareness and have that skill. But then it seems to get stuck there. And it gets stuck in, in measuring pr- proportion and also drawing shadow shapes and light shapes. And when you're done, you're able to, um, I mean, if you really take those classes seriously and if you take them multiple times, you can, you can go into a figure drawing session and impress people often, you know, if you, if you're, if you develop those skills, but what I find is, and this is, I'm talking about myself too, after taking three figure drawing classes in college, I couldn't sit down and draw the human form in an illustration from, you know, from my head, from uh, memorization. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, what's wrong with me? I, I can draw the figure when I, when I see the model set up, but I can't just start drawing illustrations out of my head. And that, so, so somehow there's something that's not being um, um, translated through that. And at, at uh, one of the colleges that I did teach at later, they did have um, an, a, a figure drawing class that they call drawing for illustration. Uh-huh. So they would set up a model and, and this is a class that I think we, we should have in foundations. Um, it, you set up a model and you draw from the model to make an illustration. So they would maybe the, maybe one day it would be um, they're going to do Goldilocks and the three bears and, and Goldilocks is walking through the forest. So they pose the model walking a little girl and with clothing and you you draw for for an illustration for a specific purpose and um anyway that that's do, that's do, you, do you think that kind of training makes people favor again going back to my first experience at that school in laguna beach um favor realism because i mean if i was going to draw 
Goldilocks or Little Red Riding Hood now or something like that. I would just make them a triangle with legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's how simple it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and do you think that that kind of training over time changes what your ultimately your style would be? Because you're ha- you're that's almost like the NCYS school. What you're talking about there is like, hey, we got a model, we lit it for this kind of narrative purpose. And now everybody takes that information and makes an illustration out of it. But do you think that that all of a sudden changes the way that the artwork comes out? I mean, it's going to definitely influence when you're drawing from life, for sure, towards realism, I would say. But I would say that uh, the alternative is, you know, if you're if you're trying to go for a really high, highly stylized look like you do, Lee, the problem that I see are too many people go directly into that style without ever having learned mm-hmm. any real drawing skills. That's yeah, yeah, that's the opposite. That's the other end of that spectrum. And and they can't they can't they can solve some problems, but there's there are in narrative illustration there are camera angles, there are um, there are designs, there are compositions that that are perfect to tell a story. And if you don't learn how to draw well you are stuck in, in a, in a, in a similar, I I don't know how to say it in a similar way of solving every problem. Like every problem seems like it needs a hammer instead of different tools, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, And so the, you can, you can spot it. You can, you can spot someone like a Peter Brown who has a very shape oriented style, but, but who can draw, he really, could draw really well. so well. Yeah, you can right. spot it a mile away when people are hiding bad drawing skills. Right. I mean, for, <laughs> <Right>. for sure. <laughs> right. Right. I think, too, though, studying life drawing um, is it's a good step because it, it trains your eye to see and and understand forms like connecting into each other and and. I think then the next step is life um, doing like life uh, fabrication drawings where you just come up with poses based on the anatomy that you already know and understand. And then, then you add in and, and there's, I'm, I don't know that anybody teaches this and it could be that I'm, I'm wrong, but a straight up design class, just design principles, things like the rules of thirds, um, you know, basic shape understanding, like how Mm -hmm. to, how, you know, what's the psychology of certain shapes, um, composition, all those types of things. Those Mm -hmm. things are always taught um, sort of like, it feels like those things are taught um, on the side, like here's your assignment. Oh, let's talk about this really quick and here's how right. it applies. But, but I don't know if there's ever like a course ex- devoted well, to those things, but we are, we are building you- a course uh, like, like that. And Anna Davis courts, um, character drawing, uh, course. That's awesome. Is that, is that exact thing? It's shape, it's shape based. I agree with you that what you're saying is that there's not just a direct link from the figure drawing to anything else. And I want to, I want to back that up. I love figure drawing. Um, but what happened to me in school was, interesting and I saw it happen in different um, capacities with different students but everybody got really proficient at drawing the figure because there was such a focus on it Um, Mm -hmm. but what it it hid a bunch of deficiencies in drawing because once you learn how to make those certain shapes of oh this is my this is what I kind of use as a stand-in for my torso shape and my deltoid shape and this and that that uh, it becomes almost a shorthand so when the model would take a pose I wouldn't even need to look at the model anymore 
because I knew mm -hmm. what shapes I was going to use for that specific pose. I'm just using mm -hmm. them kind of as a guide. And, and at the same time, I, I, I do remember, I think I've talked about this on this podcast before, but I remember one time I was, I was at a cafe and I was kind of waiting for somebody and there was a Vespa parked out front and I was going to try to draw the Vespa and it was a disaster. And meanwhile, <laughs> if you if you saw my figure drawings, you'd think I was proficient at drawing, <laughs> but it was a mess. And so like to, it was, it was a real eye opener for me. That's when I started taking industrial design courses because those guys really can draw anything. And, and I felt like a lot of the illustrators can't. And then, and then to take that one step further, a lot of the people that I saw in the figure drawing classes uh, got really good at it. And it almost became intoxicating because of how much, you know, they're getting a lot of attention for it. And pretty soon they were like, the, they were uh, in the beginning, they're ahead of everybody because figure drawing is the main thing, right? And they're the best mm -hmm. at it. And then gradually everybody sort of left figure drawing behind as they, as they acquired those skills and left those classes and started doing their own thing. And pretty soon those, those figure drawing guys sort of got left behind. And I'm just using an average. There's a couple of guys who kept going with figure drawing and they became amazing painters like Sean Cheatham, people like that. Um, and so I'm just talking about the average, not, not the superstar guy, mm -hmm. but like they just... It, the, what, what was originally an exercise became the end result for that, for that group. And so that was something that was kind of an asterisk, like be careful, uh, cautionary tale as you go through foundation is not to become, not to get too infatuated with any one part, especially as the prey starts coming in, as you get better at that one part. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, uh, that's the danger there is like, is you get so good at, um, you get so good at life drawing that that everything has a f an air of life drawing to it in the, in whatever you create afterwards, and it should <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It just has this flavor of you know Conti on newsprint. <laughs> that's that's the that's other right. thing too. It's like whenever I look at portfolios, um, uh, student portfolios, I'll flip through them, and and I'm wanting to see what did their imagination come up with. What is, you know, what did you bring to the table? And as soon as I see life drawing, I flip through that stuff as fast as I can. Everybody can do life drawing, you know, and, 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 and one out of a hundred people does life drawing so well that you actually want to look at a life drawing picture, you know, but the rest of them, it's like, I shouldn't, you shouldn't have to prove that you could do that through the life drawing. You should, it should be evident in the work that you're creating outside of life drawing that you've right. done life drawing. Right. One of the things that Will talked about yesterday, we were chatting about this subject, uh, the three of us yesterday, and Will brought up that, you know, as you're sitting in a foundation class, this is my next problem with it, that you might be sitting next to somebody who's a photography major or a sculpture major. Mm -hmm. Will, what do you think about that? Does that, does that work for a foundation? Is it possible to have a program like that that serves everyone? I don't think so. But, and I think that the reason that the, 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 that the art schools do it is to save money. Um, and so uh, the idea is that we want to give everyone kind of a basic understanding of, of different areas. So they'll make, you know, photographers, graphic designers, fashion designers, industrial designers, they'll all make them take an illustration course. They'll make, you know, and, and I ended up teaching that one um, 20 some odd years ago. And I, you know, I taught that class for three or four different times and, each time I saw, you know, the problem, the problems were, were great. One, um, 
the the photography students didn't care the graphic designer students didn't care there was a there was something that they had to take and then the illustrators would feel like they were king of the hill because they were just you know doing so much better than than the others and i at one point i took them outside i took five of my illustrators in that class outside and said you're not competing with those guys in there so if you're feeling you know good about the work that you're doing because you're doing better than them keep in mind you should only be comparing your yourselves to each other um and but it, you know to go deeper on that you know we had to take and i, th I think mentioned this we had to take typography and I, th I think there were there there are some definitely some good things from taking those other classes but when you're talking about the the amount of skills that you need to become proficient in illustration i don't think there's time for it in a four-year program Mm -hmm. I just don't think there's time for a lot of the classes that they had. Um, sort of spinning your wheels. At it. I mean, maybe getting some peripheral skill out of it. Yeah. yeah, you're getting you're getting some stuff, but I think those things are things you could pick up in other ways down the road. And I think the more important thing is really learning. I mean, I feel like I came out of my four-year program not knowing how to draw. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. I learned how to draw 10 years, 15 years into being a professional illustrator. Golly, that's, I didn't know that. That's, that's crazy. crazy. That is nuts. I, whenever I, I was teaching uh, at university, one of my big things was part of your grade was filling a sketchbook. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to see, I, I, I told them, like, they don't have to be good. I just need to see 100 drawings, you know, something like that. Like you have to, you have to do X amount of drawings this semester. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of their grade. And that was just so that, that aspect of it wasn't lost of it because because you you can there's amazing painters out there but when you hand them a pen or a pencil um and tell them to draw something it's like ooh you know like <laughs> oh don't do that but um yeah i think that's i i agree with you well i think that's like sh anybody should come out of that being able to at least draw and like nail nail an idea down with the drawing Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and there's so there's so much that we could go into with the problems of traditional foundation programs one of them is the teachers the teachers that are just left over and don't do illustration anymore and are sad <laughs> and not, <laughs> i mean it's just it's just really weird what happens in traditional universities um with who's employed there and, and, and how long they've been employed there and all that stuff uh, can, on can the I opposite side of that. On that real quick? Oh yeah, please. So, so this has happened multiple times and I don't want to name names because I don't want to get their feelings hurt, but I've seen multiple times where someone was teaching some expert. So first off, let's talk adjunct. Um, Art schools rely on adjunct faculty for to fill in a lot of um, the classes that they that they teach, and mm -hmm. that's basically bringing in the system is set up to try to find a professional who wants to be um, philanthropic with their time, right? So, so mm -hmm. they're looking for someone who is is a business owner who's highly successful and who wants to give back, and so they pay them a small amount of money to to kind of cover their time sort of kind of but it's not it's not anywhere near the kind of money that that they really need to to feel like they're 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 getting paid for their time so 
sometimes they do attract those people and they will end up with amazing teachers sometimes. And that person might teach, you know, for a year to sometimes five or 10 years. And I've seen it where they've had the perfect teacher teaching for five or 10 years and the students, as they come through the program, they look forward to taking that class. Mm -hmm. And then that teacher for whatever reason quits and Sometimes the teacher quits. takes a look at their bank account and realizes, oh, shoot, I haven't been making any money for 10 years. I better go get a real job. I mean, I know someone who quit because the, their wife got sick. But, um, but anyway, they, they, uh, they, they quit. And then they scramble to find someone to fill that class. And often it's with someone who is so substandard compared to what was being taught that the students that are coming up all of a sudden find out because it says staff a lot of times in the catalog. It doesn't even mm -hmm. put that teacher's name. Right. They show up and all of a sudden they've got someone who does it completely differently, who doesn't have any, you know, they do it completely poorly and the quality goes down overnight. And I would say most of the adjunct, most of the classes filled, maybe I shouldn't say most, but, a huge proportion are filled by people who should not be teaching those classes. Yeah. It's, well, I remember it's a, it's too, I just want to add to that. I remember I, I went from like a full-time teaching position to adjunct because there was a, a problem with paperwork and me not having a degree. And so like, well, just for the time being, we're going to send you over to adjunct. And I got the, I got notified of how much, I would be making the drop in pay that went from being like a full-time, mm -hmm. you know, visiting professor to adjunct. And I went to the the department head. I said, how can anybody afford to do this? Like, just tell me like straight man to man, tell me what, <laughs> um, what is like, what's going on here? Who takes these jobs? And he said, there's three people. And it's like you said, well, it's, uh, it's a person who's been a professional who's done really good. They're semi-retired or, or something like that. And they're just giving back. They want to give back to the school. They want to give back and, and the money's really not an object. Second one is someone who um, wants to move into that full-time teaching position. And, uh, and so this is their sort of foot in the door and they're willing to like go for several years with this lower pay so that when a spot opens for a, a tenure track position, they, you know, they've got a shoe in for that, for that job. And then the third one is, is just, we, some people just need the cash, <laughs> like, like no, no work's coming in. They're not getting enough work outside and this is an op opportunity to do that. And so they come in and, and, and do that. And so, um, uh, I didn't fit those three categories. So I ended up leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and that was part of the impetus to like start SVS learn. Yeah. I wanted yeah. more control over how I taught and when I taught and also, um, uh, have a, a little bit more money coming in from it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, That's I funny that you say that, uh, Jake about like it's having control. I, I was full-time, uh, instructor at the art Institute of Portland for 10, 12 years or whatever. And, some classes it would take me two years to get into the curriculum. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy how much red tape was in there, but something Will was saying earlier, like, like you just don't know who you're going to get for a class. So I have one class that I want to just highlight that specific thing happening. I took over a class called quick sketch when I was first hired full time and they gave me this 
as an instructor, they just gave me this kind of random hodgepodge group of notes that the previous teacher had left. And they were teaching quick sketch class. Um, this is for entertainment um, as or, or concept design. They were teaching this quick sketch class basically as a Pictionary class. Like, oh, you got 30 seconds to draw the Eiffel Tower. Hurry. And it was, it, it made no absolutely no sense in terms of what we're going to do. And, and one of the first mm. things that I, that I talked about to my department chair is that speed comes from proficiency. Speed doesn't come from scrambling and trying to draw very fast. Um, and I noticed that over the, over the years with tons of different students is that, the, that they weren't trying to draw fast. They drew, drew fast because they understood They're, they had knowledge behind the drawings. Mm. And so the drawings naturally sped up. Well, that same class I taught for years and had a waiting list. And I, I really dialed that class in to being a high performing class, especially at the sophomore level, you know, into the foundation level, into the major. And, uh, and then they, one day they laid everybody off, like, like just hundreds of people got laid off myself included. And the next day, and, and I was scheduled to start that week with a full set of full, full class, you know, 22 students in that class and uh, a waiting list still for that class. And they let everybody go. And then, but the class is still running, the class is still full. And so they hired somebody who had literally no experience because they needed to fill that position. Mm -hmm. And I got, I got an email the night before class, like, can you please give us all your resources and, and everything you're going to talk about in class? I was like, you can't let somebody go and then ask that question. <laughs> so I was hey, like, you know. Sorry, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> oh, actually, on second thought, yeah, we need give everything, us that, everything you're that you've been doing. We need everything but you. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, I, I sympathize with your position and, and more so I sympathize with the students, but that ain't happening. I didn't give them anything. I was and, asked um, that too, by the way, more than once. Yeah, that's weird. It, I mean, it is kind of a, a, a chutzpah to ask to fire someone, but then say, "Can I have everything that you've that you know that yeah. you've spent all this time like building <laughs> and working on?" Yeah, it's not, not mm, absolutely not going to happen at all. <laughs> I, I don't do want to. I don't want to bag on everybody though. I had some great foundation teachers too. And that said too, and like, and I don't want to. I don't want to bag on anybody who who makes that choice to be an adjunct professor because there's a hundred different reasons for you to, for you to be in that position. And also as a student, I also want you to think too, uh, if you're in this position, um, really take stock of who's teaching you. And, and there's a hundred different reasons for that person to be sitting in that chair and just make sure that that person is the person that you can learn the most from at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. uh, because you in this day and age do not have to, uh, your entire education doesn't rest in the hands of these people in front of you in class. You have online courses, you have YouTube videos, you have right. hundreds of books on Amazon or at the library. Uh, and then, and then through the internet too, like, um, uh, if you, if you have a budget for teaching or for learning, there's so many like patron, uh, people who are teaching stuff on Patreon. There's so many, uh, Gumroad tutorials. There's so much that you can learn. And, uh, the, the, I guess your main problem isn't, uh, lack of information. It's parsing out what you should like the order you should learn things, what you should learn first and what leads to what. Um, and that does take a little bit of guidance, a little bit of education. And that's one of the reasons we created these foundation courses on SVS Learn. Like it's actual 
um, track that you can go on. Yeah. And we called it the path because it really is a path and it, and the sequential nature of skill acquisition, we thought, we thought quite a bit, a bit about that. How, what's the first thing you should learn? What's the second thing you should learn? Um, I would like to go into not necessarily just the individual classes there, but just in terms of in general, what are the, what are the things that every illustration foundation portfolio should have? I've made a little list here and I'd love to hear whether you guys agree or disagree. Um, and then maybe there's some stories that go along with some of this stuff. Before, um, you, before you do that, are yeah. we done bagging on foundation programs? Well, I don't want to just bag on them because there's some, <laughs> I, there's, there's a couple of, you know, what, what's that movie with Robin Williams where he's like the good, you know, the great teacher. Uh, oh, which, um, Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Dead, Dead Poet Society. Had a couple of those too. And, and that were transformative teachers uh, amazing teachers within that. So I don't want to, I don't want to, I just well, don't want to seem like ne- like we're coming across as negative. I had great teachers as well, but go ahead. I think I agree. I think, I agree. Yeah. But I want to go ahead Will. for one more. Okay. okay. <laughs> you, you for one more thing. And then I want, I have one more thing to say. And the, reason, the, reason, <laughs> okay. the reason is the reason I think it's important to bring this one out is because I have a lot of friends who are professors or, or instructors who are, are great teachers in art schools, right? And I want to mm-hmm. defend them. But at the same time, I want to bring out a weakness that's inherent to the system. So um, I've, I've been involved in um, teaching at two different universities and I've, and I've um, been an um, advisory board member at another art school. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've learned the inner workings pretty well. Um, and... Um, some of these teachers are amazing teachers and they show up every day and they have um, a pedigree of students that are professional because of them. And I want to make sure that we are defending that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have also talked to them and they, and you know, in an advisory situation, they've often asked me if there was, and I've had heard this question from all three um, schools. If there was one thing you could change, to make our program better, what would it be? Mm. And I've always said, you've got to get, you've got to make foundation specific to illustration. You've, mm. you've got to do that. And, and every time they roll their, their eyes back because they know it's true, they've already thought about it, but they, but they're like, they, they roll their eyes back, eyes back in agreement and they just know that there's nothing they can do about it because they can't create a separate foundations track because there's just not money there's not space it's it's asking them to move a mountain that they just cannot simply can't the the budget required to to do that is is yeah it's just uh something they can't bear they're never going to get approval um Mm -hmm. and and so they know it already and that's what i want to bring out is 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 um because basically that are listening yeah we, we hear you we know that that's a problem for you you would love to change that, but you can't. Because what that would require is, um, okay, so if you want to go into comic books, then we need a specific teacher that teaches comic books and has uh, a, a, a subset of teachers that teach that, but also a, a subset of new classes that um, are foundational to that route. And then that ties up classrooms. It ties up right. resources to those classrooms. It ties up, um, uh, you know, just 
there's not enough, right. you, you know, out of a hundred students, you know, 10 of them are going to want to go down the comics, comics route. Right. Another 20 are going to want to go down the, the illustration route and, and, and it's so like compartmentalized that right. now you've got, you just don't have the resources to do that. So I basically told them you've, you've wasted two years of your students. You think you have a four year <laughs> program. You don't, you have a two year program. Right. You, you wait for your students to get out of foundations and then you try to teach them illustration in two years and it's nearly impossible to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing I was going to add is it's, it's, uh, it sounds like we're, we're bagging on people, but we're really just bagging on the system as mm -hmm. it is right now. Um, which it just is not well, set up for. Yeah. It's a, it's a holdover from the Renaissance. It's a holdover from fine art. And it doesn't really match up that well, which is true. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the other thing that's frustrating too is when I was teaching, I would be teaching a character design class, right? So here we are, these guys all want to go into character design, um, you know, and, and five of the students are really good and excellent at it. But then there's 20 of them that I'm having to teach fundamentals to. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So five, I can actually get going. You guys go do character design. Okay. You, we're going to start back at here. This is shape. This is how <laughs> shapes could turn three dimensional. This is how you'd make a three dimensional shape. Here's how you combine them to make a character, you know? Yeah. You're redoing the, you're basically redoing the foundation to make mm -hmm. it applicable to, mm -hmm. to illustration. That's actually a perfect segue into this is the, this is our, this is the four things that every good foundation portfolio should have no matter where you are uh, studying, whether it's self-directed, whether it's at an art school that's pre-existing or whether it's online and some combination um, foundation. Um, I wrote this little quote here before I get into those four things that I wrote. I'd like to just um, say this real quick. My guiding principle of what makes a good foundation and, and the reason that you need a good foundation and, and a varied foundation is good foundations give you options when you go to pick your major and then good foundations give you options when you get out into the real world. I'm a perfect example of somebody who has, well, I guess all of us are, me and, me and Jake more than Will, but we have our, our, our feet in a lot of different fires. Wait, that's not a saying, is it? Feet in <laughs> fires. <laughs> <laughs> feet in the water is there i don't know a poker in our, the fire our irons it's irons like, in the fire <laughs> yes. i put my feet in the fire i have a lot of feet as well um <laughs> but it gives you a lot of options especially in those early years where hey the main thing you know you got your a list thing that for me that would be children's books right and then and then i have my b interest and in c i've got like three or four different things i can fall back on as i'm trying to piece together a career um and you just never know which one of those is going to hit or which one's going to have to sustain you. Um, I remember this great job I got uh, shortly after I had graduated. I was trying to do children's books, and I got the, option, the offer to do a job for Sony. They were opening a new office in San Francisco, and they, f they wanted to fly me in to draw life-size robots on the, in the office room, in the conference room of this office that's going to open up. And That's awesome. was, it was, I mean, I'm not the person for that. I don't have any mechs <laughs> or anything like that. Um, I, I don't know how these people hire me to be honest, but, um, but I was like, yes, I want to do that. And I was able to go down there and draw all these robots and they're, you know, very teched out and definitely not my, my style. Uh, likewise, I got a bunch of work in, in 
in concept design. I got a bunch of work in architectural concept design and, and while I was trying to forge my path as a children's book illustrator. So a good foundation is powerful in my opinion. So the big quote that I always say to students, and I'll say it here too, is don't let your quote unquote style really be the mask of your limitations. Mm. You know, a lot of people say yeah. it's my style. And when they're, they're really saying is I can't draw any other way. That's the only thing I can do. Yeah. Um, all right. So my, my four list here, and you guys can add, add to it as well, um, is, uh, and, and maybe we can give some assignments too, see if, to see if you are good enough to, to do these things. Uh, the ability, number one, the ability to move objects in space with consistency and the ability to draw complex shapes in different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys agree with that one? Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe we'll put a couple of things up on the, uh, in the show notes that, uh, like, Will, Will has this plane with a penguin in it that's on our foundation program, and then, and then J- uh, Jake has this robot that I ended up drawing for my light and shadow class. Maybe we'll put those up there, and if you can take those shapes and rotate them in any direction, draw them in any, you know, up view, down view, three-quarter view, then you can check that off your list, and you, uh, you have that as part of your foundation. All right, number two, the ability to design cohesive worlds which that consists of environments vehicles and characters what do you guys think yep i think i think uh um cohesive does that mean placing a character in those environments as well yeah yeah where where everything where it all looks looks like it belongs to the same world yeah. And then and then be able to change that for the next project. Like, oh, maybe this one gets a, a different look. I mean, concept artists are always doing that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, if you say if you change your setting from a comic that you're working on from future tech to stone age, you know, maybe the whole style is different and, and maybe you gotta adapt some different shape language to that. But I I just see I know one thing that I see all throughout most illustrators uh, education is just drawing characters all the time. I never see vehicles. I never see props. I never see environments. And in my mm-hmm. opinion, all that stuff is really fun to draw and try to say, okay, you know, in this caveman world, what would, what would a motorcycle look like? Or in this caveman world, what would, you know, these different items look like a tree and, and, and a rock and, you know, you're just styling different ways. Um, I don't know. I think it's important. And I, I think you should have yeah. the ability to change depending on what a project calls for. Yep. I'm right. I'm right there with you. I agree. What do you think? Will? I totally agree. All right. Um, One point perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, when are we going to argue? <laughs> um, I, I, having a good understanding. I don't know. I, I wrote this down because I had a question mark next to it. A good understanding of design and composition. How do you know if you have a good understanding of design and composition? Because we talk about design and composition a lot. Where do you learn that? What class teaches that? Or is that just inherent through a good foundational program in all of it? Yeah. What is a, a, uh, that's, that was the point I was making earlier is, is you might learn it in maybe like a landscape design class. You might learn it in a, or not landscape design, like a, a, a plain air painting class, you know, mm-hmm. that might be touched upon, like, you know, put the horizon, not in the middle, put it down here, put it up here, something like that. But there's no, it would be great. It would be great to just sit someone down and for a semester just teach them design principles and here's how it applies in this situation here's how it applies in this situation and so on so so i actually did that we had a class um at uvu 
uh-huh. and um, and uh, anyway, I I was given this class and I didn't really understand the the I I, I read the description. <laughs> it 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 looked like a word salad that was <laughs> meant to to feel kind of artsy, but it didn't say anything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. And so I just said, you know, you know, what am I supposed to teach here? What are, what are your vision? What's your vision? I asked the, at the time, the, the chairman. And, and his response was, that's up to your interpretation. I was like, fine, perfect. I'm going to teach him design. <laughs> so I designed, I, I created a design class, which later I, I used all the curriculum that I developed for that class to um, make creating comp- uh, creative compositions for SVS. So I workshopped all that stuff for nine years at, in the in the the university illustration program, and then mm-hmm. and then used it and added to it to create creative composition. Because yeah, there wasn't when I went through that was one of my big problems was um, we had illustration classes, and there was never a, a a time where it was like okay, we're gonna teach you good design. It was always here's the illustration assignment. Now go make a good design. Right. Well, how? Right. <laughs> and, and so you'd come up to the teacher and they'd say, well, I would do it this way. And so you kind of were picking up like, oh, oh, that's a great decision. But it was never, here's how I came up with that. Right. You know. I got a, I got a, a couple of things I want to ask you guys. Do you think it's okay to ask to see your teacher's work if you walk into a foundational class and it's a teacher that you don't know? You think that? Uh, yeah, I would. I would say that uh, if you don't know anything about your teacher before you walk in, like you haven't Googled them yet, then you know you kind of get what you're asking for. for yeah. I would say. <laughs> I asked a teacher that, and when and uh, that was my second semester. I remember it really specifically because it was a rendering class, and. You know, the teacher's talking about the class and then he wrapped up and I'm like, can we see your work? I want to see what you're doing. Mm. And uh, he was shocked that I sort of asked. He said, I haven't been asked that in years. And turns out he hadn't done work in years. And so that's oh, why. <laughs> and the other thing that I have along this little, the same, same lines is ask your teacher to demo. Because if you get a teacher that doesn't want to demo, then that's a, that is a red flag in my opinion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had, I had a bunch of I had two two very specific um, experiences happen in school where I asked a teacher to demo who was not demo and we were she's teaching some te- very technical stuff with figure drawing and anatomy and I had this view of, the, of this foot and ankle and man I could not get it I tried over and over I tried building it out of basic shapes I just couldn't get it and she's walking around kind of you know doing her just saying a something about each person's work and she got to mind I'm like man, I just stood up and I handed her the charcoal pencil and then all the teachers gathered around. I was like, I can't do this. I, whatever you're saying, it, it's not, it's not land and I can't do it. Uh, and so a couple, you know, teacher, the students gathered around and she flopped on that. She didn't say, oh, this is just a, you know, there's some poses that even if you draw them correctly, I now know this later, but if you draw them correctly, they still look goofy. Right. Like angles. a face straight on. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like if you, if a face is turned away from you and just the tip of somebody's nose is showing, I typically mm-hmm. leave the nose off because it's just a goofy view of to have a little nose peeking in there. Um, and yeah. so, but she didn't say that she, she attempted it and it was, it was a disaster and, and I lost a lot of, a lot of faith right there because she wasn't demoing. And then, and then how she approached that demo 
was so weak. Um, and but I I demo in all my classes and 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 I I failed on some demos too. I'll laugh at myself if I'm failing and I'll try it again. Uh, yeah. And you you guys aren't scared to demo either. Your teacher should not be scared to show you how to do something, especially if they're teaching a foundational class and it's technique based. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there was another teacher in grad school where I asked her to show me how she was doing it. She was a Photoshop thing, and she asked her to show me, and she wouldn't. She just said no. What? <laughs> like, I could not believe it. No. Whoa. No, she said no. This is in a graduate program. I'd already been working for 10 years, 15 years. (laughs) Oh, my God. And and they had a technique that they were teaching or they they were doing to get a certain effect and they wouldn't share it with the class. Yeah. This was just me privately. I didn't even say it in front of the class. I mean, it's just me and like, and and one of the guys I was uh, hung out with and it's like, Hey, that's really cool. I'd like to like to see how you're getting that mark. No. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> so I'd I want to add though. Does does uh, but I, I got to add this though too. Just because you're an amazing illustrator, doesn't mean you're a great teacher either. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely uh, and vice versa. True. Just because you're not good at illustration doesn't mean you can't teach well. Also, right. so again, it's like it's 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 this, it's this mixed bag where yes, see your teacher's artwork. Yes, see if they can. Um, demo, but also, are they? You know, are they teaching good? Are they teaching from other examples? Are right. they giving great assignments that push you? And are they pushing you in the right ways? That's what a good. Are, I, I don't want teachers to be. Uh, I mean, it's a good point, Jake, because I don't want teachers to be. Uh, what what I always say in my class sometimes, I'm not a trained monkey. I can't just like <laughs> do anything out of my head and, and it look perfect. You know what I mean? I'll say, hey, let me do some research, or let me show you how to do that the next class, so I can prep for it. Yeah, so you don't want to put your teachers on the spot and immediately, you know, I don't want to say that's the, the preferred method either. <laughs> yeah. What, what makes a great teacher? First, in my, in my list is you have, to, you have to be good at your craft, mm-hmm. right? So you have to be capable, really mm-hmm. capable. Second, you have to want to help others. That's, the, that's my number two. You, mm-hmm. have to, you have to want to help them get better. And some teachers don't. Some I've I've seen some teachers who want to show off. Oh yeah. In other words, they they want to come right. in and blast They're you. They're teaching for work. all the wrong reasons. Yeah. But they don't want to do what you said, Lee. They don't want to share their methods and all. Um they're 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 stingy. They're worried that they're going to create their competition. Um mm. and three, they have to be they have to want to teach to the point where they have to um they have to get excited about breaking down their process and making their own epiphanies as they do such. Because as an artist, you learn, you learn how to do, but you don't necessarily break down every aspect of it. But when you try to teach what you're doing, right. it's a different thought process that goes in, in um, deconstructing it in order to, to show well, how to construct it. Yeah, you're high, you're, what you're highlighting is how, why it's so hard to hire good illustration teachers. Yeah. Because they have to have this certain matrix of things going on at the same time. They got to understand, they got to do good work. They got to understand why the work is good and then understand what they need to impart on you. It shouldn't be, Hey, everybody draw exactly like me. If I'm teaching a technique, it's here's how I do this thing, but here's the overriding principle of what I'm trying to accomplish. When I was doing Folio Academy, we hired a, a teacher to teach how to write children's books. And this person said, Step number one is go to the library and pick out all your favorite books and read them, become very familiar with them. 
Step number two is just write a good story. <laughs> that is amazing. That's all you gotta do. It's so now, easy. Now, right? Is that the trick? The cameras were rolling. And we were filming this, and I'm my jaw is dropping. Oh man. Right? Now that's what you gotta do. Now, take for instance this book right here. I love it for this. And so if you want to write a story in that genre, you know, kind of just write a good one like this one. <laughs> and that's what the video was. <laughs> Unreal. That's Unreal. Funny. All right. Well, I'm sort of getting close to the end of my my notes here. I got a couple things I want to add. Um, if you guys are going through a, a foundation program right now, there's two things I want to add here. It's train your weakness, not your strength. Mm -hmm. A lot of people rely, that's kind of that figure drawing example we gave earlier where, where you fall in love with your own work, but you're not actually training the things that you're not good at. If you, if you just train your strength, you're, you're going to leave all these holes in your, in your foundation. And so train your weakness. If you're bad at perspective, learn some perspective. If you're bad at design, learn some design. Um, even though it's going to be ugly, it's going to be hard because that's not what you're good at, right? Um, right. For me, draw, drawing was one of my big weaknesses. I could paint really well. I'd, I'd never had a problem painting, but drawing, I, I really had to struggle with it, and mm -hmm. I had to focus on it. Um, and then at, at the same time, if you're in a foundation program, don't become a technique warrior. you got to watch out for those guys where it, they're learning perspective, they're learning lighting, and all these very, very technical things that everybody gets past at some point. But it becomes, an uh, instead of a means to something else it's it means to its own end it's, it's it's they start critiquing things like oh if the sun bounced off that tree it would only be this value versus that value and 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 watch out for just getting too concerned about technique um and just concerned about foundation i think the whole time you're in a foundation program you need to be making images that you think are interesting on the side even if you're you know you're learning perspective you know that's mm -hmm. a a whole thing that comes with that you know what i mean and and it's just a it's a thing that everybody has to go through but if you're just doing that, it's going to be, you could end up being a little bit too dry and, 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 and end up feeling frustrated. And the whole deal with, I think, being an artist is being inspired and making things that you care about. And you can, you can wrap some of these things you're learning in foundation into some of the work that makes you excited. That's going to be the biggest payoff. Yep. Yep. That's why I always tell people, like, regardless of what you're doing, your job, your schooling, whatever it is, like one, once a year, put a product out, put something out into the world that is what you want to do. So That's a great. set of prints, a, uh, you know, a, a self-published book, you know, some, just something like it didn't even have Game. to, it could be printed at Kinko's, like Kinko's doesn't exist anymore. It could be printed at a FedEx office. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Or whatever that's become now. It's whatever been bought, that's bought, become bought, bought now. by Cheetos. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go print it at a Cheetos office. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, because, that's, that's fantastic. That's good. Because that's going to that's gonna show you where your your strengths actually are and where your weaknesses are and where you need to lean in heavy. Because once you're faced with something that you know is going to be actually like put out into the world, um, you're you you know it it ups the stakes a little bit more yeah that's true um the last thing i'll add is that we have you know like i said in the beginning of the podcast we've been thinking about this heavily because we're redoing our foundation program and we have made it and tailored it for illustration uh and and me jake and will are are all teaching 
classes that we care about and 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 trying to clean up some of the slop that we had in our foundation um, in those classes and so if you're interested go take a take a look at that if you're just studying on your own or if you're in a program I think we could I think we could supplement and compete with any four-year degree with the foundation that we're building over there mm-hmm. yep I agree uh, what, what's the link for that uh, svslearn.com and then just click on curriculum you'll see the first the first four or five classes have already been built and there you're able to click on them and play them and they all come with a, a, a subscription and so it's cheap and and easy and comes with assignments and all that stuff and like I said we're trying to trying to just shore up some of this stuff that that is problematic that we've kind of highlighted here and uh, it's pretty good and we're, we're all of us are building classes Jake just finished the prop class which is for this I think it's that's for the second Mm-hmm. level oh uh, no uh yeah second level second yeah level. so uh, yeah the the point of this whole thing is that once you go through these these here's actually what we came up with we said what should be in a portfolio what should be in like a foundation portfolio you should have some character designs you should have some environment designs you should show some props you should have some finished illustrations, like a couple of finished illustrations. And then we reverse engineered that. Okay, in order to get the, to that level, how, how do you, um, how, you know, what do you go through to get there? And so we designed these courses where you start at the very beginning learning basic drawing skills and, and understanding these things, these, you know, how to, how to draw a character in dimensional space, right? And how sh- to combine and subtract shapes to create things like cars and buildings and things like that. By the end of it, by the end of it, you should, if you do all the assignments, you'll have a portfolio piece. Once you're done with the prop, prop class, you'll have another portfolio piece. Once you're done with um, the environments class, you know, there, there's a opposing characters class and a, and a character design class. You should have a couple of things you could throw in a portfolio when you're done there. You might not have a fully fleshed out portfolio depending on how much work you do, but you will have the start, a foundation portfolio that then you can build off of and work from. For sure. Yep. We're, pr- we're proud of the work. Yep. All right. Wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Everybody, here's my notes. <laughs> uh, Three Point Perspective is made possible by svslearn.com, where becoming a great illustrator starts. And your hosts today have been Will Terry, Lee White, and Jake Parker. So you can find Will Terry's work online at willterry.com. And his Instagram account is at willterryart. Lee White's work can be found online at leewhiteillustration.com. And his Instagram account is at leewhiteillo. Uh, I'm Jake Parker. My website is mrjakeparker.com and you can find my stuff on Instagram at Jake Parker. Podcast is produced by Aaron Painter. Find his work online. His portfolio is painterdraws.com. Podcast edited by Alex Sugg. AlexSugg.com is his uh, is his website and that's Sugg with two Gs. Our podcast video edited. We post these on YouTube as well. Video is edited by Daniel Two, and that's Daniel2.co, and that's two spelled with a U, T U. And lastly, our podcast and social media specialist for svslearn.com is Lisa Lisa Fott, and uh, the podcast is shared. If you see anything online, posted online, emails or, or send in an email or something like that, it's done by Lisa. So thank her for that. So if you like this episode and 
or if this episode upset you or I don't know, <laughs> please uh, share it around and tell people what you think. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast listening device you have and uh, leave a review if you can as well. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, this particular discussion, we've started a thread for it on svslearn.com uh, on the forums there. And there's a link to the forums on the, on the homepage there. And those forums are free to join and, and participate in the discussion there. L lively discussions all the time happening over on the forums. So chime in over there and let us know what you think. All right, that's it. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>